Public service announcement. I have just temporarily closed the doors to Lifestyle Business School. If you are a current or aspiring expertise-based business that has a business, courses, coaching, masterminds, where you are divorcing your value from your time, or that is the business model that you want, you likely know that Lifestyle Business School is the program that I have been tirelessly working on over the last six months to build out six comprehensive playbooks, which basically lay out the entire path. It has everything from business model design to offer creation, to back-end delivery, to driving traffic, live launch campaigns, automated campaigns, everything you could possibly need to start or grow a leveraged expertise-based business to the lifestyle business sweet spot. Now, never fear because we've only temporarily closed the doors and we have added a wait list. So if you head to lifestylebusiness.school forward slash join, pop your name on the wait list and you are going to be notified when we open up the doors with everything built out, which is super exciting. And all of the exciting changes that we have made to the program as well, which we will share in due course. But in order to get the special VIP bonuses, when we do open the door, I want you to go and pop your name on the wait list now. So that is going to be lifestylebusiness.school forward slash join, put your name on the wait list, and you will be the first to be notified when we open up the doors with everything built out with a lot of exciting changes and with pretty much the best deal under the sun. All right, let's get into today's podcast episode. If you know me, you know I'm obsessed with brand, but it's not all about the visuals, guys. In this episode, we're talking all about how to make your words pop and stand out on social. If you've got big business dreams, but you're feeling stuck when it comes to all things social media, digital, and content marketing, this is the podcast for you. And if you like free stuff, well, I've got you sorted there as well. Head over to steviesayssocial.com slash little black book now to steal my little black book of social media secrets. You're listening to the Stevie Says Social podcast. and welcome to the Stevie Says Social podcast. Now, in this episode, I'm going to be building upon what we were talking about last week, which is when we went through the four essential elements of social media success. Now, for those that haven't gone back and listened to that episode, please start there. What I'm going to do in the next few episodes, though, is break down each of the four elements that I talk about in that podcast episode. So brand, social media and content, having a selling system, and finally, traffic. What I find is that small business owners have one sorted, but not the others, or they have none of them sorted. And they're just spinning around and around and around in the social media vortex, and they're not getting anywhere. Now, if this sounds like you and you feel like you're spinning around and around and around, you're not the only one. What I recommend that you do though, is get your booty over to my upcoming social media bootcamp. It is a free 
four-part video training series. I ran it at the end of last year. And for those that went through it, you would know that it is really epic value. I do not hold back in this boot camp. I go through everything that you need to know in order to succeed on social media. And guys, I actually give away my entire framework for success. People always say that I give too much value away. And if there was ever an example of me doing that, this bootcamp is it. Head to steviesayssocial.com forward slash bootcamp to sign up and to register for it now. Do it now. Put your phone down, put it on pause, whatever you're doing, you will forget and you might miss out. So it's steviesayssocial.com forward slash bootcamp to do that. So what we're talking about in this particular episode is brand and newsflash. You might already know this, but I am so, so passionate about branding. Now I have brought along a guest who is also a recent student in the hashtags aren't the answer course, soon to be membership. Hi, Amy. Hi, Stevie. I'm so excited to be here. So excited to have you on. Now, we're talking about an element of branding that most people don't really uh, associate with brand, and that's social media copywriting. So I'm excited to, I guess, start with a little bit about what you do and why you're going to be such the perfect person to talk about uh, this particular topic. Yes. Okay. So I am a copywriter. Imagine that. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? So I write copies, basically just the words you use in your brand from your website to emails to social media, of course. Um, So I write words for other brands. And I also, I think I fell into the same trap of thinking I always loved branding, but thought, you know, I'm not good with the visual. I'm not a designer by any means. And so I never really thought I could get into branding. And then it kind of just opened up this whole world when I realized that the words play such a huge role in how your brand is perceived. Mm, It's huge. And I think it's one of the most overlooked elements. I know when even me, before I got into business, like I remember thinking branding and I would be like, okay, branding is a logo. Branding is, you know, something that you need to get set up with a logo and some colors when you very first start a business. And it goes so much deeper than that. And it's not just the visuals, but it's also the words. And that's such an important component of it. It definitely is. And, you know, the visuals are still a part of it. And I think where you get the best result is where there's a consistency. So knowing your brand personality and then carrying that across from your visuals, from your logo to, you know, the copy, the copy itself. And when that matches, that's when it's consistent and you're going to build trust with your audience. Yes. Speaking my language, girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So you have a social media copywriting agency or are you freelancing? Is it just you? It's just me. Awesome. Just you. And it's called Damn Right. We probably should have mentioned that at the end. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that is me. I that in there for you. (laughs) I think most people know me as Damn Right and they're just like, oh, that's who you are. (laughs) Yeah. And what I love actually when I first came across your Instagram account, it was way back in the day now, but I I remember thinking and it was something that it wasn't even... 
something that I noticed outwardly, but I just remember thinking this Instagram account has so much personality. And now that I think about it, it's obviously because of the way that you write, but I think it really stood out to me on the basis of that, you know, when was that? A couple of years ago, I think. Yeah, it would have been maybe, um, I'd say at least two years, 2016, 2017. Well, I started my Instagram account two years ago, so it might've been. Yeah. Yeah. Then. Yeah. I yeah, remember. Yeah. I'm yeah. Instagram babies. <laughs> yeah. I loved when I found you and those blog, those epic blog posts that you were creating at the start when you weren't oh, even like selling anything. My weekends <laughs> writing 3000 word blog posts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but they were so good. Like I used to really look forward to them coming out and yeah, I would spend my time reading them. I loved it. Loved yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> So you've gone on, obviously, and you have done the hashtags on the answer course as well, which is yes, yeah. I loved it. It's so good. Like, oh, as soon as you released it, I was like, I need this in my life. <laughs> Straight on board. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. I feel like you've got the brand piece down, and I feel like that's yeah. one of the areas that a lot of the students in the course were lacking. They really didn't have that kind of um, understanding of you know things like their business purpose and their points of difference and what set them apart and their brand personality, which I know that you're really big on. Um, So I'm actually keen just from a personal perspective. What did you get out of the course if it wasn't the brand side? Um, I really just liked the way that you looked at social media, you know, particularly the, that it's not a place to sell to that really spoke to me because I felt like every time everyone, it seems like everyone else is saying sell, sell, sell. Like you have to have a sales post in there. Mm. And it's just, every time I've done that, it just falls flat and it doesn't feel right. Like it just feels a bit icky. Yeah. (laughs) Which is, yeah. Whereas your, your whole concept of taking them off social media and doing the selling there where you've built the relationship, that really spoke to me. Yeah. I think probably the biggest mistake that I see is people jumping onto social media and talking about, you know, buy my product, buy my service. And it doesn't work because engagement is queen these days. And those don't get engagement, right? And that it almost comes down to in copywriting, there's like, you want to, it's about stages of awareness. So you want to target um, those people that are coming to you on social where they're at. So they may not be, you know, so like the last stage of awareness is most aware. And that's when they're ready to buy. They've Mm. done their research. They know they want it. They will click that button. Most likely when you're scrolling Instagram is not, you know, that's not a most aware prospect. That's not someone who's like, oh my God, give this to me right now. Is the marketing term for it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Especially in service-based, like Mm. warm me up a little bit first. (laughs) I want to get to know you before I hire you. Yeah. It's about developing a relationship, right? Yeah, that's all it is. Engagement and connection. Love it. Okay. So let's get into uh, what is the relationship between brand and copywriting? Because I think that's where a few people would potentially be getting confused. So for any client of mine, we always start by getting super clear on their brand personality. That's a non-negotiable. You know, a lot of the times it's like, oh no, can't we just, can't you just write it? Like, can't you just skip to the writing part? That's what I want. And it's like, no, no, no. All this foundational work, um, getting clear on their brand personality in terms of like how it relates to their um, target market. But also to them as a person, specifically for service providers where they're, you know, a lot of it is on them. They're the one writing the social copy and the emails. They're the ones showing up and doing the work, creating a personality that 
you know, ties into how they naturally show up and getting clear on that is going to help them be consistent across the board. But also when it comes to if they are going to do a rebrand, like visually, they can then tie that in. It's like you've already got this blueprint basically for what your brand should look like and how you want your customers to feel when interacting with your brand. Mm. And by knowing that, it's so much easier to go from there into actually writing the words. Yeah. And even just brand as a whole, like it just, it makes it so much easier. (laughs) And even when you, you mentioned that you like, you really felt the brand personality from my account way back when, which is probably like totally embarrassing if I was to scroll all the way back. But anyway. (laughs) Don't do that for either of us, please, guys. No, don't don't do that. (laughs) Um, What I I remember in my early days when I came up with the name Damn Right, it was because I wanted something that was very bold, a little bit cheeky and sassy. Mm. Mm. And it it was actually because I looked at my own personality and went, one of my quote unquote weaknesses is that I can be quite abrupt, <laughs> a little bit brutally honest. And I was like, how can I turn this into a strength? Like, how can I communicate this very quickly from the get go so that my clients that I work with aren't going to be as surprised or offended if I'm perhaps a little bit abrupt? Yeah. So going back to, so you said originally it's the ideal client that you start with and then you go into the brand personality of, you know, the business. And so for yes. you, it's like the sassy and abrupt and honest and all of that sort of thing. Yes. It's so funny you said <laughs> that because that's very similar to me as well. <laughs> but, um, but which comes first? You know what I mean? Like, do you need to be writing for your ideal client? Or do you need to be writing in a way that is true to yourself? Like what if there's a disconnect between the two? I would say if there's a disconnect, you're attracting the wrong type of people. Yeah. So yeah, I guess what comes first is your own personality and then within that, who you actually want to attract. Mm. So by showing up as yourself, you're going to naturally attract clients that aren't going, there shouldn't really be that disconnect. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. And I think this is something that gets a lot of people confused because especially when it comes to, you know, my ideal client is everyone. I want to service everyone and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And I think that often then reflects itself in having a brand. So they'll think about that first and it'll be too broad in terms of their ideal client, right? Mm -hmm. And then they'll put together a brand personality that tries to appeal to everyone. And so what I find is generally it's too professional or it's too cardboard or it's too whatever, very vanilla without actually taking their brand personality first. And so they're actually ending up appealing to no one because they're writing in a way that no one resonates with because they're too scared of alienating anyone. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, there is a lot of fear around that, that I'm going to alienate people and then I won't have anyone left to buy from me. Mm-hmm. But I've personally found it's the complete opposite. Like if you are trying to appeal to everyone, you're not really going to get anyone or the people you do get, they're the ones who are going to be asking for refunds or they're not going to be happy with the end result or the yeah. experience yeah. itself. Like, and you don't want that. No one wants no. that. I couldn't agree with that more. And I think, do you work with a lot of service providers? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think it's really, really important with service providers because I think that 
if you can be really clear on your brand personality first, so, you know, it might be, you know, traditional and fair and whatever. And I don't know the way you do it, Amy, but I always say like, come up with three words that you think really reflect, you know, what your brand personality is. Yes. Kind of get that clear first, then what will happen is that the people that are seeing you, the right people will kind of, you almost they're doing a bit of a digital interview with you. They'll kind of go, you know what? That girl seems like my person. I'm actually going to contact her because I think that she would resonate with me and I would enjoy working with her. And then the people that don't necessarily resonate with that, it's almost like it's self-selecting the right people. Yes. That's yeah. it. That's it. You're going to repel those people who aren't the right fit, which is almost more important than attracting the right fit people. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there is, I think, so many people just default to that corporate speak and that professional, you know, they're like, I want to be taken seriously as a business. So I have to show up and use big words. And that's like one of the most common pitfalls when people are DIYing. I didn't write in a way that wasn't solicitor writing. And I used to write like a quote. (laughs) Oh, classic legal background. Yeah. It's hard though. Like, you know, for a lot of small business owners or people that haven't, you know, they've come from a schooling background or they've come from, or they're in a really professional environment and they've learned to write everything like a university report, right? Yeah. So I get it. Like I get why they come in and they're like that. And it's almost about giving them permission to not, to just be a human. Yeah. Just because it's an email doesn't mean it has to sound super like, um, yeah, professional and corporate. You can actually be a human. And that's what, especially when you are that service provider, that's what your clients, that's why they want to work with you. It's that human connection that they're, they're wanting. And that's why they're choosing to work with you. Like it's you, it's not they don't want some big, faceless, nameless brand. Yeah, especially on social. Like, you know, I mean, you oh, know, yeah. I, I just find the more um, personable I am in things like my captions and the more I am speaking to, you're speaking as if I was speaking to my best friend, the more it resonates with people, the more engagement I get, which means the more people see my, you know, posts, the more followers I get and it all kind of rolls on from there. I've noticed that too. It just snowballs from there. And it's, yeah, yeah the more you, you can be when you show up. Yeah. Um, the better for your business really. So let's go back to the ideal client thing. One yes. thing that I think really trips people up is how do I actually define my ideal client? Like, is Ooh. it one person? Do you come up with things like, you know, avatars or brand personas like how would you recommend that you did it right at the outset when you're trying to get your brand sorted so that you can actually you know do things like write that personal social media copy down the track yeah so I recommend having one person in mind and preferably a real person rather than um, like a made-up persona as such. Mm-hmm. I think when it is a real person and you can actually talk to them and do research, you know, you yes. can find out what the, their pain points are. Like what are yes. the problems they're trying to solve when they yes. come to you? Um, what is the benefit to them from working with you? And what like hesitations did they have? Mm-hmm. Like what, you know, before they hired you, was there something that they were like, oh, I don't know about this. Like what was concerning them? When you can do that actual research and base it on a real person or even 
you can go more than one person yeah. um, like and do voice of customer research and that's always helpful. But even just having that one person in mind that you're speaking to, whether it's your bestie or another um, business owner that you know on Instagram and you admire, um, that you would literally, like I, there is actually one account on Instagram that I was like, I, I, I sent it to you during the hashtags aren't the answer course because I found them and I was like, oh my God, this is my ideal client this is it. Like, this is what I want. This is them. Yeah. This is them. And then, so we just like chatted through DM and eventually she was just like, oh, hey, I have this blog post that's going up on a big name website. And would you mind like editing it for me? I was like, oh my God, my (laughs) ideal client. That's awesome. (laughs) So yeah, I think um, rather than a persona, getting to know the real people on the other side of the screen is huge. And trying to find out what do they need to know and hear right now. Like it's not just about getting them to hire you. How can you help them? How can you serve them? Even if they're not going to buy, what, what can you teach them? Yeah. And I think one way of, cause I love that idea about finding a real person because yeah. I think when you're doing like an ideal client avatar or whatever, and you're kind of like, you know, this imaginary person is 35 and blah, blah, blah. You can't actually really visualize it. And no. one way that I really enjoyed doing it was thinking of like the people that I really loved working with the most. And I was like, who yes. is the person that I was like, you know, every time they contacted me or every time I had work from them or when they signed up for, you know, one of my digital products or whatever, I was just like, yes, this is such a great person. And actually like target out your best customers and then profile them. So almost work backwards and think about, you know, and, and a great way of doing it as well is actually surveying those people and asking them things like, you know, what do you want to know about? You know, what was your decision-making process in doing X, Y, Z? And that sort of information can be gold because then you can work backwards and kind of um, find more people that are like that person and find the right things to talk about in your copy. That That's exactly it. Like, yeah, if you, and you know, those people that you've loved working with and it's energized you to work with, they've loved the result. They're the type of people that give you these, like the feedback that you're just like, oh my God, this lights me up. This is why I do this. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So chatting with them and finding out what they loved and what they would like in the future. Like, do they want an online course? Um, like, what do they want to know? What, yeah. How can I serve that person better? And therefore attract more people like them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, love it. (laughs) So what the hell is a brand archetype? (laughs) Oh, okay. We were talking about it before and I was like, (laughs) we're going to have to go into detail about this because you were saying you were so passionate about it, but... Oh yeah. (laughs) You're not alone. That's fine. It's kind of like copy. Like it's like I've picked all these things that people are like, wait, that's a thing. And what is it? (laughs) What is the copywriter again? (laughs) Archetypes. Um, basically there's 12 archetypes and they are the universal characters that reside within our subconscious, which sounds all like (laughs) woo-woo. Totally. But by using them you can kind of tap into that subconscious and it's easier for people to connect with your brand personality. So as much as it needs to be your own personality, layering in a character, like an archetype, can help you kind of turn up the volume and get really clear on it. So I can, do you want me to run through the 12 archetypes? Yeah, I'm curious. 
Okay, so the 12 archetypes, you've got the rebel, the adventurer, the alchemist, the ruler, the nurturer, the every man or every woman, the entertainer, the innocent, the sage, the hero, the romantic, and the creator. <laughs> so how do you know? How do you use them? Yeah. So in terms of how you know, with my own clients, I ask them when we're starting a project, I ask them a lot of questions Mm -hmm. to kind of get to the core of their brand and their, you know, their mission and their values and their core desire, like Mm -hmm. what they want really. Um, And apart from that, I've also created a a quiz that people can do via yes, my website. So that's the quiz that you had in the yeah. um, hashtags on the answer group. I was yes, really yeah. with that quiz. I had <laughs> anything like it before. It's so cool. I have to say there are a lot of work. Like it went off. It went really well when I first launched it, but yeah, it, so it's a everyone, bit of work. Amy was using it as a lead magnet to get people off social media yes. into her email. Yes. Which is really and who fun. doesn't love a quiz? Like it's interactive and it's, it's so much fun. It's like on BuzzFeed when it's like, what flavor of pizza are you? Like, oh, I have to know. I need to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Yeah, duh. Yeah. How is that a controversy? Like, <laughs> uh, cool. So what, so you, do you in that quiz go through and ask a certain type of questions and it's been yeah. time? Yes, I think there's 10 questions and you yeah. just pick your answers that appeal to you the most. Yep. It'll tell you like your number one results. Yep. Um, and then it kind of goes into like a little description on it and the strengths and weaknesses of that um, archetype that come like innately with it. Um, so, you know, someone like a, a rebel, like they can seem really bold and fun, but there's also that risk that they can seem a little bit um, untrustworthy or a little bit unreliable because you just don't know what they're going to do next. Right. Um, so there's pluses. Yeah. Each. There is for everyone. Yeah. Yep. And then, so the way I overcome that with my clients is we actually layer two archetypes. So you kind of have a primary one to so say you're a rebel, but then you've got a secondary archetype coming through. So something like, um, like a sage, which is like someone who, um, like super wise, a lot of knowledge, bringing that in kind of levels out that the rebel tendency and it can just create a really nice balance and a little bit more realistic than just this like one Amy? No, they're oh. not. I can't take credit for them. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, are they the two that you actually have for your personality? Ah, uh, no, 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 no. Well, actually rebel is. They were. Yeah. Rebel comes through. My other one, I actually haven't embodied very well yet. It's actually the alchemist. Right. And so what's that yeah. all about? Um, so it's a little bit, so if you think of Disney, Disney is your classic alchemist or magician brand. It can also yeah. be called a magician. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all about making dreams come true, that little bit of magic that, yeah. So cool. I like it. I yeah. really like that concept actually, because it can be really hard when it's like, you know, the advice is right with personality and <laughs> well, okay, great. But then you're sitting in front of, you know, your iPhone trying to think of a social media caption that's in your personality. And you're like, I don't know. I'm completely <laughs> lost, you know? And I think that's quite a cool way of overcoming. It is. It yeah. is a way to kind of get those creative juices flowing and get you yeah. thinking about it. Cause there I are some other truly for some people, like I, will say that writing is something, it took me a long time, you know, to get to the point that 
I can really easily put together a caption, but I just know it's the biggest pain point for so many people. They're like, you know, I just sit there staring at a cursor and I don't know how to get (laughs) what I think my personality is across. And I don't know if that's consistent. I don't know X, Y, Z, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm guessing it also, like, especially if there's a blinking cursor staring you in the face, the issue is also not just how to say it, but what to say. So in hashtags aren't the answer, you did actually go through like, here's how to structure your content. And so like, you're never sitting there thinking, what am I going to talk about again, Mm. which is fantastic. And then once you know what you're going to say, it's about yeah, bringing it, layering on your personality. Um, if people are really struggling, like sometimes, you know, sitting there at a keyboard or on your phone, isn't the best way to do it. Maybe try literally saying it out loud, like just talk it out. How would you say this, literally say this to someone. And then, yeah. you know, you're going to speak more naturally. You're going to add your little inflections and see if you can translate that into a caption. That's really cool. I love that idea. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it might feel, for me, it would feel a bit weird because I'm so used to like writing, but if you're struggling, like say it out loud, tell someone. <laughs> yeah. That's actually, I'm thinking of one particular client in particular, and I won't name her, but she's, it's just, everyone's different, right? So you and I can just sit down and really kind of, you know, write out a caption and it's something that kind of comes quite easily, but not everyone's like that. And this particular person is a perfect example of that, like full of personality when you speak to her and just, you know, larger than life, but can't actually kind of translate that into writing and she's who I think of when you know I think of someone sitting down and just completely lost with it's not exactly like the what to post in terms of content but how to actually reflect her brand personality in it and that would be perfect for her as a tip because she would say it in such a way that's full of personality you know yeah kind of like working backwards and okay cool write that down Yeah. Like literally if she, like you can either record it or just do the text to speech function or literally write it down. But I would just, yeah, get it out there into the universe in some form. And then you can work on like changing the format or editing it more. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And then she's going to have that consistency because otherwise if she's showing up larger than life at events or client meetings, but then like the online doesn't kind of set up that expectation, yeah. there's going to be that disconnect as and well. Totally. And I think that's a frustration for people, you know, they're trying to get it across, but they're just feeling like they're hitting a brick wall. So yes. Yeah. It's a really good yeah. um, <laughs> So let's talk about the what to post because... Yeah. I think that's something, so there's obviously the two parts. There's the brand personality, there's the brand voice and making sure that you're writing in a way that, you know, reflects your brand personality. But then there's actually uh, knowing and coming up with ideas for what to actually write. I've obviously got my process for doing that, but I was wondering if you had any tips that would be relevant. So I would start by getting super clear on the problem that your service solves for them or problems. It might be more than one. Like, yeah, that's a huge one. Like you need to speak to the problem they're experiencing before they hire you because that's where you're going to connect with them. And it also, it can create a lot of content. Like 
there's multiple reasons you might hire a branding agency or a graphic designer or a social media manager. Like make a, literally make a list of problems that your service solves. Yeah. And then also how does it solve like those problems? Like getting clear on your process, like showing them how you're going to help them can Mm -hmm. also create, like you can get content out of that as well. Yeah. And I think another thing as well is their problems, not necessarily when they actually are at the point, going back to what you were saying before, when they like right at the point where they need you, like you almost need to have someone on your radar connected to your Instagram a year before they need you. And the type of content that resonates with that person is entirely different, you know? Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. And I think that was something you covered in the course that I was like, oh my, like that was a little bit of a light bulb moment where it was like, oh, of course you need to be appealing to them even one or two steps before that. So maybe they're completely unaware. They don't know what a copywriter is, let alone like that they need one. So it's even that base level. You know, yeah, and they want to hear about your business journey and they want to hear about all of those things and they're connecting to you for that. But then when they actually need a copywriter and they're at the point where they're like, oh, actually I do need someone to write my website copy. Yes you know? Yeah. So rather than creating this, all this content around the high level stuff or the stuff that's going to target people who are ready to click buy, which as you've mentioned, like probably belongs further down the funnel Yes, where they are ready, where you've got that button waiting for them. Yeah. yeah start with that high level stuff, target totally. them, meet them where they are. That's all it is. You're just meeting yes. them exactly where they are in that moment. Yeah. And there's like, so to give, um, I guess the listeners a few examples of that, like, for example, if you're a family lawyer and there were actually a lot of family lawyers in the course, but you know, Mm. if they were just talking, for example, about, you know, um, separation agreements and, you know, what to do with the kids and, you know, all of that sort of thing, then they're not actually going to be appealing to people that potentially are, you know, having marital problems or whatever, you know, like they're not anywhere near the stage where they're at the point where they need a family lawyer. But um, I think that's a good example of, you know, the type of content to be creating. And I think it all just comes back to helping people, but you really need to be clear on, at what stage is this person at in order for me to help them? It's not always where your business is at and helping them with, you know, the problems that your current clients have. It's like, okay, where would that current client have been a step or two before they actually needed me and what's the right content for that? So, yes, yes, absolutely. (laughs) And I think another way you can kind of test that is to put it out into the the Instagram universe and see what's actually resonating. What's, what's kind of going like viral, what's really taking off Mm -hmm. because that's probably the stuff that is speaking to that wider audience. Yes, definitely. And so, you know, a way you can easily do that is to check your engagement and, you know, what are the most engaged with posts on your account, but not only your account, what are the most engaged with posts on, you know, other similar accounts? And you can really easily, one little trick that I used to do this is bring up competitor accounts on desktop and you can actually see the number of likes and comments when you go over the images. And so you can see what's resonating best with their audience as well so that you can start to incorporate that into your content strategy. So, um, Oh my God, that is such a good little tip. Yeah. So much quicker. Yeah. Um, so one thing that you've said before, and I'm just keen to chat a little bit more about it, is that the best copy doesn't always come from your own ideas. Yes. What do you mean by that? Okay. 
the best copy is always going to come from the brains of your customers, like every time. So I am big on like personality and bringing yourself into it. But at the same time, you want to balance that out by, you know, voice of customer research. So which it's such a boring way to describe it, but it's such what a juicy thing. Voice of customer research. Voice of customer research or VOC <laughs> research. So it's it's so name. boring. I need, to, I need to come up with a better name for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's just about like literally either surveying or interviewing people who, so say for a course, like when they get to the end, you send out that survey or and or interview them. Like chat to them, like find out exactly what problems you did solve for them and why they signed up and all of that juicy stuff. Half the time you can pull like actual phrases from it and you're going to like be able to attract those similar people because it's what they're already thinking. You're meeting them where they are and yeah, yeah, it's the message that's going through their head. Recent course and yeah. Um, one of the questions was, um, what was your, what were you struggling with, I think, prior to signing up or something along those lines? Anyway, yes, whatever beautiful. the question was, whatever I got, the question, the, sorry, the answers that I got back from that were absolute goals, like in terms of getting into the minds of my ideal customers and coming up with ideas for them. Like they were literally telling me what their problems were. You know, like I was struggling with content. I feel like, you know, I'm sitting at a computer and I can't work out what to write. I have no time because I've got two kids. I have X, Y, Z. And that was just, it was things that I kind of knew and had incorporated into, you know, things like sales copy and, you know, captions and even podcast ideas beforehand. But to actually have it in their words was priceless. Yes, exactly. And it, yeah, it's, oh my God, it's not just the copy. It is the actual content as well. So the copy almost writes itself because it's like, well, this is what they're worried about. This is how I can overcome that. Yes. that's That's really useful now that I think of it. So one thing that we talk about in the course is um, with Facebook ad copy, but it's also relevant for things like Instagram captions, organic content is always starting with a hook. So kind of starting with, um, an opening line that is, you know, um, do you find writing content a struggle and X, Y, Z, because it's calling out the pain point and the right people will resonate that with that, you know, yes. and you kind of go into whatever your tip is or your value is to help them. And so I'm actually thinking out loud now and getting excited <laughs> because I'm like, I can go back into that survey and literally pull out all of those pain points, use them as the hook for the first kind of line of my Facebook ad copy and my Instagram caption copy and whatever <laughs> else, blog post titles. And then kind yes. of from there. Exactly. Like it just, it, it almost feels like cheating because it's so... <laughs> so true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There oh, is I actually... I'm going to use <laughs> There is actually a great book on it as well that... Um, so it's called Finding the Right Message by Jen Habis. It's okay. a fantastic resource. She's got some great questions she recommends and she goes through how to use that data, like how to get the most out of it. Awesome. Um, but yeah, it is all... It's just about asking like what what was it that brought you to contact me today? Like, obviously in better words than that. Yeah. Why are you here? Basically. Yeah. What do you want from me? Like, and what, 
what is what do you think that working with me is going to improve for you or what problem is it going to solve? Yes. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about bios. Ooh. How do you write a killer Instagram bio because yours. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I redid it with the course. So I I'm, love yeah. it. It really resonated <laughs> with me. You know what? I'm your ideal client because I resonate with everything you <laughs> put on your bloody Instagram account. Oh, yay. Thank you. <laughs> I hope I'm your ideal client because otherwise it's way off. <laughs> Actually, you, yeah, you pretty much are. Okay, <laughs> so, um, bios. I think a lot of people struggle because it, it needs to be short and sweet. And that's, mm. I, I actually love that it's got that hard, it's 150 characters and it's like no more. Yeah. That's what you're getting. Yep. Uh, for me, the biggest tip is, and I learned this early on and it might've been from you, was the name field to not put your business name or personal name in there because it's a searchable field. So yeah. like you want to work in that keyword for me, it's copy or copywriting. Yep. Um, beyond that, I just really want to like, like with a buyer, my goal is to tell them exactly what is on offer and then get them to click that link. Yes. Is the actual next step. So have mm-hmm. that little call to action at the end. So awesome. super clear. Here's what you can get here. Find out more, click here to get X, Y, Z. Yeah. Easy. I like, so breaking down, everyone should go and check out Amy's. So it's Instagram at Dem, right? But breaking that down, what I love is, so you can have a username on Instagram and that is obviously needs to be your business name and it's your handle and it's really, really important to keep it as your business name. But you can also, when you actually go into kind of edit your profile, there's a name section. And so most people put their business name as that, but it's actually searchable. So for example, for me, it's lift your social media game. And the reason why I have that is number one, it's my tagline, but number two, social media is in there, you know? <laughs> and so for Amy's, it's copywriting for weirdos. So she's got the copywriting, <laughs> but then it's the brand personality as well. And there's an emoji. Yeah. And emojis are goal. Oh, yeah. Because when you don't have any space, use the emojis to kind of get across what you want to say rather than using five words, just use a cool emoji. And so Amy's got absolutely unicorn emoji, which I love. Yes. Um, so yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I, like I feel like when I see bios without like emojis or line breaks where there's no spacing and it's just like all literal letters, it yeah. just, it's kind of like, that's the kind of stuff I'll scroll past. So I think yeah, using those emojis, to, like it's actually been, yeah. um, proven there's studies I think Content Marketing Institute did one where people just don't on online they don't respond to big blocks of text so if you're just writing a big text it actually gets lost people skim a lot faster online and so there's a lot of value so going back to Amy's killer bio again but she's (laughs) I think one two three four five lines and it's just like dot points for different things and it's kind of like you skim read it, but you get it straight away. And it's a lot more effective than having a block of text. Absolutely. And the same, it's, that's true for copy wherever it is, especially online, like your website, if you're going to throw up a chunk of, and even the captions, don't throw up a chunk of text, like have that little dot point list in there so that people can skim it easily. Nobody, like our attention spans as humans is only decreasing. Yeah. And we're already pretty bad at paying attention. Shocker. 
Yeah. Yeah. So whatever you can do to draw those skim readers back in or to keep them reading, which is usually a case of breaking up the text. Like whenever I do a website audit, more often than not, I'll find this, the about pages are the worst for it. It'll be like this giant essay length, like. (laughs) You should see that about page. It was exactly that. (laughs) Oh, I would have had a field day. (laughs) But it's like, just throw in, like break it up a little bit. Just break up the text, pop in a subheading or two that's nice and bold and big. Images, like it, it all just has to work to keep it flowing and to keep them interested and to keep them reading really and moving yeah. down. That's cool. You've also got a branded hashtag in your bio. I do. but <laughs> What is it? Tell everyone what it is. It's completely, it's okay. It's hashtag slightly evil copy genius. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> so it's not, <laughs> um, it comes off of this, it's kind of like, It's something I haven't really brought into my brand too. It's very subtle at the moment. It comes back to, I don't know if you know the Myers-Briggs personality. Yeah, I do. Like I know at very surface level. Okay. So the personal, my personality type, which is an INTJ, a lot of the um, examples in terms of like both fictional characters and real life people were basically evil. And I, so it comes back to like taking that weakness and turning it into sort of a strength where it's like, you know, you can have an evil genius on your side. Yeah. So it's kind of like a running joke now where it's just like, I'm evil. <laughs> you should use that in your, like, you should use it to, so because branded hashtags and bios are searchable. So you could actually use that as like a um, gallery of, you know, your work. Mm. Is it for something strategic? Yes. Well? Mm. Something to yeah. 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 So I guess the last question, because I don't think that people realize how much copywriting is actually involved in a small business owner's life, both on social media and off social media. Yes. <laughs> More of a statement than a question, but I'm just wondering, like, do you have any tips for, especially when you're not a natural writer, how to actually, yeah. number one, like get it done and get it done in a way that you're just not tearing your hair out? Yes. Okay. So I'll start with how to actually get it done and to make everyone feel better if they are like procrastinating on it. I, even when I'm writing copy, I will find anything else to do. I kind of have to force myself still. Yeah. Yeah. Writing, isn't it? Like it's, I think like even a lot of famous writers say this, that they really find it hard to like sit down and go, okay, cool. I'm going to dedicate my time to this now. Yeah. There's something Mm. about it that there's, it's just this mental block. So to get over that, what I do is I set a 25 minute timer, which is a, um, like the the little, yeah, the Pomodoro thing. Um, I have, I really like brain FM. It's a brain dot FM for white noise. It's kind of like it's scientifically backed and all of that. Really? Um, but yeah. Yeah. No, they have like this focus one that's Ooh. like, it helps you focus. Oh my God. It's I a 25 to... minute timer, brain FM on, earbuds in. And I just literally force myself to start. Like even if it's going to sound really bad, like sometimes you just have to give yourself permission to get that terrible first draft out and onto yeah. the page because then you can always make it better like it's yeah. so much easier to make something better than to stare at that blinking cursor yeah. um and even if you write literally so 
there's sometimes you can do what's called a spit draft, which is a horrible name for it. <laughs> Copywriters have horrible names for things. I don't know why. Is this an official term? Yeah, a spit draft. Yeah. So it's like you literally write what it is that you're going to write. So it's like headline that blah, blah, blah. And then like paragraph that introduces X, Y, Z and pain point statement. Like sometimes that can help to just have that structure there of like, oh, okay. So this is what I need to include here, here and here. Mm. Um, Yeah. Just get literal, like literally write what you want to talk about. Like, Mm. or I think it was Kathleen Shannon from Being Boss mentioned that when she writes a blog post, she starts by writing something like what I really want to say is dot, dot, dot. And then she writes the blog post and deletes that first line out at the end. So it just, it's that starting point. Yeah. So yeah. The starting is the hardest bit, right? Yeah. From there, you're like, why did I put that off for three days? Like I could have had this done. Yeah. (laughs) That's interesting you say that because I have a framework that I use with students um, in the course, but also with clients and also myself for things like Facebook ad copies. So like, you know, yeah. you start with a hook and then you have X, Y, Z, and then you finish with X, Y, Z. And that I know just by giving that to people, like I just see how much easier and lighter it makes, you know, yes. the work because they're like, oh, okay, cool. There's like a framework that I can follow. And like, there's no rules when it comes to copy at the end of the day, but I think having some sort of guidance, that's a really good point. Yeah. It takes off that, like that removes the pressure of what do I write and whatever I write is going to be wrong. And so I'm just not going to do it. Like, I'm not going to do it today. I'll do it later. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you should see. So my first drafts, especially when I was writing blog posts compared to the end results, it's so true. Like you just have to get something out and then you clean it up. Like what I used to do, especially with blog posts is I would get something out and then I would just leave it overnight. And then I would come back and be like, Whoa. And you would see where you, have to <laughs> you know, that because is it, it's yeah. a process, right? Yeah. Letting it sit is also super important because yeah, if you, I like to let things sit for a day or two and then come yeah. back to them. Yes. Um, not so much for social media captions because they are a little bit shorter and a little bit punchier. Mm. But yeah, those blog posts. Social media, like you could always, you know, batch your social media content and then come back yeah. to that the next day. Especially oh, absolutely. Go, okay, cool. I'll clean up, you know, clean up the bits and pieces I'm not happy with. Yes. Yeah. And, and yeah, you do, you see things that you didn't see the first time and you can't see when you're yeah. that close to it and you've just written it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely let it sit and then come back to it and polish it up later, which for me is the fun part. Like the polishing is the easy, the yeah, fun part. Easy. Do you know what? This just like reminds me of, so I used to work when I finished working as a solicitor, I went into an ad agency and I used to have to write copy and we had like a art director guy there that look, he wasn't the nicest human being. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, there were quite a few times where he would be like, okay, so I just need you to write the copy. And then he's like, I can't write the first draft. I just clean it up afterwards. And then he would clean it up and basically take um, all the credit. Yes. (laughs) Take all of the credit for it. And I was like, the cleaning up is the fun part. I want to go back and clean it up. Like, I don't Yeah, like I did the hard work. Come on. Yeah, that's 90% of the work is done when you've just got it out there, you know. It reminds me of that. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad I'm not anymore. Oh, I want his job though. (laughs) I know. Just take what other people have written and then improve it. And yeah, take all the glory. That's not great. (laughs) 
Oh, God. Hmm. So that's getting it done. What about the pulling your hair out part? Like, and I guess yeah. more in relation to time. Do you have any time tips or anything like that? Or is it really just going back to what you were talking about before? Yeah, I I have worked, I can work either way. I can like block off time and say like this morning I'm going to spend X amount of time working on copy for this. Mm. But then sometimes you get there and it's just like, oh, you know, you know what, I'm not Don't. feeling it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and are you a morning or a night person? Like I can only do morning. Like, yeah, so am I. So yeah. I'll up at like five or six o'clock. Well, oh my god, I've been up at five for a while, but <laughs> <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> but I, my point is that I get a lot done in the morning, sort of earlier in the morning, and that's when you know I write my copy and my launch emails and my social media copy, and then it gets to like lunchtime, basically after lunch, and I'm like, I cannot. Yeah. yeah. So I've actually started structuring my day. So in the morning I work on writing Yep. Um, and then a break for lunch and admin type tasks. And okay. then after that, like mid to late afternoon, I often get like a second wind, but it's more of a, I try and schedule stuff that needs a bit more creativity. So whether it's editing a draft, like that morning writing time is more structured and more, um, I really need like full brain power, very logical. And then that afternoon productivity, that creativity comes through. It's like, yeah, it's a little bit more. You don't know what's going to come out. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when my craziest well, you sometimes draft ideas. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. I like that. I've got to know someone. I can't remember like who. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Like as soon as I break for lunch, there's nothing good happening for at least a few hours after no, that. It's funny, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's one of the like perils of um, working from home. Is like oh. the couches. So this is my process. This is completely unrelated <laughs> to coffee but like I'll have lunch and then I'll go back to my office and then I'll be yeah. like, you know what? I might actually just be a bit more comfortable just sitting on the couch. <laughs> then I'll sit on the couch and then I'll be like, I'll just lay my head down for a little second. And then it's like <laughs> half an hour later and I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> and then it's back to the office. <laughs> oh yeah. I've, yeah. I've been known to, yeah, I get lost to the couch. <laughs> my productivity. <laughs> Sometimes like I'll take my laptop there and be like, no, 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 I'm going to work on the couch. Oh. Um, Oh, I know. I've been happened. doing that since uni days and I have still not learnt and that was like <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> that is what it is. Uh, anyway, <sighs> thank you so much, Amy. Some of those tips have just been even gold for me in terms of awesome. making what is a difficult process for everyone but more difficult for some than others a little bit easier. So, yeah, that was gold. Thank you so much. That's- really good to hear thank you for having me on and yeah I know so many people struggle with it and copies something that as a business owner you're gonna have to do so any Mm. tips any little ways that can make it easier for everyone out there I'm all on board for it yes Look, it's something you need to do unless you outsource. And if you want to outsource, <laughs> how can people contact you? Uh, I basically live on Instagram usually. So it's at damnright, D-A-M-N-W-R-I-T-E. Great business name, but then I realized I have to spell it out all the time. <laughs> it's like Stevie writing. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, oh, here we go again. Yeah. Um, oh, damnright.com.au is my website. So come hang out on Instagram and have a look around. 
Amazing. And guys, if you are interested, uh, the social media bootcamp. So this is the bootcamp. Did you do the bootcamp, Amy, before you did the course? I definitely did the bootcamp. I loved the bootcamp. Yeah. So it's a, um, it's a four part training series that basically goes through the four different elements of social media and brand is a big part of it. So if you're keen on jumping on board with that, it opens at the end of April, but you can register now, stevysayssocial.com forward slash bootcamp. And if you're listening later on, still go to that link. It will still work and you'll be able to access it somehow or other. But um, but yeah, definitely jump in there. It will be banging. We've basically got a pop-up Facebook group. There'll be a new lesson dropping every couple of days. And I really do give away a lot in it. So if you want to get your social media game sorted, definitely check that out. And review the podcast. If you guys like this episode, I would love it if you would leave me a quick rating and a quick review. And yeah, until next time, see you later, Amy. See you everyone. Bye. Bye. (laughs)